0: This is your morning routine. Listen, respect to my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh, uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. No, 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 no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them bring 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 bring
1: Welcome in to the Catherine J. Hood morning show. On ESPN 1000 and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. For David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood, with you, we've got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a Football Friday with we'll open phone lines for you 332 ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our telephone number. And Cap, this is the last Football Friday for us, the last regular season game for the Bears. The Bears get ready to take on the Packers. We have full coverage starting on Sunday right here on ESPN one thousand starting at seven a.m. But boy, why not go out with a bang? Bears and Packers, would it be great for the Bears to be able to continue their momentum, winning four of the last five and maybe getting it done against the Packers in Lambeau Field?
2: I will be there. I got my clothes laid out last night, my cold weather gear underneath my Bears Walter Payton jersey. The Waddle jersey didn't fit, so I can't wear that. But I'm coming in hot, man. This is the best I have felt about a Bears-Packers game in a long, long time. I know the numbers. Matt LaFleur, 9-0 and all-time against the Bears. I know he's undefeated in December as a head coach of Green Bay. But it ain't December. It's January. There's going to be a large contingent of blue and orange up there. Dude, I was at the Barber yesterday. Yeah, even ball guys go to the Barber. Sure. And a guy walked up to me. Hey, I listen to you in hoodie every morning. Did you say you're going to Lambeau for your first time? Yeah. He said, where are your seats? He's right in the same section. Oh, we got to have a drink there. Dude, I've never been there either. We're coming in ready. Got to be loud, got to be proud, and there's going to be nothing better than filing out a Lambeau with your head down as a packer backer and the Bears take the next step. Let's go.
1: Well, you're coming in ready, and that guy from the barbershop is coming in ready. Will the Bears be coming in ready? Like when I, If I asked you the question about Justin Fields, could Justin Fields replicate the 20 for 32 good for 268 yards and a touchdown and be able to run for 45 or more yards? Can that happen against yes. the Packers team?
2: Yes. Why is that? Because the Bears are fired up to play this football game. I talked to somebody yesterday who works with some of the players. He said, I, I, boy, for a team eliminated from the playoff hunt, they are fired up to play this game. Fired up to go in there and tell that other t- you're not going to the playoffs. Uh-huh. Get ready to play golf. Go on vacation because you're done Sunday like we are, and we got this bright ass future. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. Uh huh. It's time to come in and knock somebody in the mouth and not go in there. We're playing Green Bay. We can't win. They got Aaron or who No. Time to take the field. And kick some ass.
0: You know that. Let's go. Dragon Slayer.
1: That's That's it. Yeah. That's what is going to do. So I would just say that it'd be nice to see that happen. But we have gone through the slippery slope before, have we not? watching the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, because that's how you felt, that's how I felt going into the season. Game one, new radio home, new feeling, uh, new uh, additions to the roster, and then you saw that at Soldier Field. I actually,
2: and if you pull the tapes, I was very afraid of that game. Did not think we were ready yet. It's a different team. In fact, Dave Borganzi, I was listening to some of his comments.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's the linebacker's coach. He said, turn the tape on. That's who we're playing this week. That feels like years ago. Looking at that team, there's no more Yannick Ngakwe out there. There's Montez Sweat there. Your defense has gone from Allen Williams to Iberflus. Your defense is playing at a super high level. Best against the run. Yeah. It's going to be a great challenge. Aaron Jones, the first week, if he didn't pull his hamstring, he might have run for 900 yards.
1: He was destroying us.
2: Different club. Different motivations. Yeah. I think we're coming in hot. Ready to go.
1: Every time, though, that we looked at certain games that were a must win, or boy, the Bears need to be able to pull this out, or measuring sticks. I always think that any schedule that you see in sports, even if a team or a coach doesn't tell you, there's always a measuring stick game. Look at the NBA, the, you know, where it's a long season, but there's certain games, whether it's in the division, the conference, like, boy, if we could measure up against them, or taking on the Denver Nuggets as a, you know, with them being the NBA champion, when, in baseball, taking on your rival, the Cardinals, or taking on other teams in the division for the white Sox taking on the twins it's a measuring stick where you look at it and say okay let's see how we measure up against this team same thing here with the bears every time that we've gone through the schedule and we looked at the browns game as of late that was a i thought a game in which the bears should have been able to win on the road should have been able to but they did not they fell short the lions game at uh, at Ford field the green bay game at soldier field there's been measuring stick games and the bears for the most part have not been able to get that done But you say, yeah, it's some different players on this team. There's no question about it. And they have the momentum winning four of the last five. The question is, though, how good can this Bears team be on the road in that spot? No matter the personnel. And you know the Packers, they're motivated as well because they want to get in the playoffs. They want to get this done uh, post-Rogers. But what about the Bears? That's the thing. Look, the... There are key guys in this
2: football game. Justin, obviously, being one because he's the quarterback. Sure.
0: Dragon Slayer!
2: Well, you, I don't know if i call him that. You've got to be able to run the football. Kenny Clark is 14-0 lifetime against the Bear. Yeah. That's, like, ridiculous.
1: Formidable. yeah.
2: You're going to have to block the hell out of him on the interior. And that's not an easy task when your center is a guy who you're not going to have back here next year. He's not that good. But... Nate Davis and Tevin Jenkins, those guys have got to be ready to do the best work of the season. One more game. Give me one more game, guys, and then you can go to Mexico or wherever it is you want to warm up and get away from football for a while. This is is an amazing opportunity. Guys, our future looks bright. Now let's show the world. It's time to show the world, guess what? We are a different organization. We're a different football team.
1: Well, I will say from the Packers standpoint, I would imagine, Cap, that the message from Matt Lafleur is we can't do what we did last year. We had momentum last year, but we fell short against the Lions because we need to win that game and we did not. And so I'm sure that there's a lot of crossing the T's and dotting the I's from the Packers standpoint of saying we can't let that happen two years in a row. Mm-hmm. We can't be knocked out and not play our best football at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm telling you is that if the Bears are going to win, the Bears will win if they can be able to run the football as well as they did against Atlanta. That's 192 yards total. But Justin Herbert, boy, you know, it, it, Carmen Yerko continued to be closer and closer to being right about who you put there in the backfield. Because that could be Roshan Johnson. That could be, you know, Khalil Herbert. This time it was Herbert, 124 yards, 18 carries, and a touchdown. The Bears have to be able to run the football with Herbert, Fields, or whoever they have back there against this Packers front. They have to be able to do that. I'm not sure if Justin Fields can give you the 20 for 32 good for 268, but I, But the key is that he didn't turn the ball over and doesn't hold the ball too long and not take a lot of sacks. I mean, that, that'd be nice, too. Well, we're going to have the Butler, Tracy Butler, in today. What's the
2: weather going to be like? Because from what I'm hearing, it should be reasonable for january the 7th mm-hmm. that means you could throw the football that means you should be able to have no issues with slipping and sliding in a snowstorm so let's go game on man us against them like i like our defensive backfield better i like our linebackers better i like montez sweat better than any of their defenders they got good players they do their quarterback's a damn good player damn good but what about Jordan Love? He's really good. Really, really good. Kid. Kid. Mm-hmm. As I told you guys in August when you mocked me all season long. He's pretty good, kid. He is.
1: Did we mock him, Shay? Did we really mock Cap when it comes to Jordan Love?
2: I don't think I ever mocked Cap. I mocked Jordan Love quite You a bit. mocked me for saying, pretty good, kid. Well, I
3: don't think I mocked. Uh, I mocked you in the group chat. But that was... When Jordan Love was on, like, a two-touchdown to eight-interception run in the middle of the season.
2: Damn. Right, because first take Shea immediately is ready to go get the next quarterback instead of, let's just let this kid develop and play out.
1: To the audience like that. Right. I, I, I'm just telling you, Cap, that at the time, you had no idea if, if he could be that good. I mean, you you're saying that in preseason. I thought there would be an adjustment for, for him, for Jordan Love, as a quarterback for the team. That... Um, That gives me a little pause for this game because as much as I want the Bears to win and believe that the Bears can, Jordan Love is going to be a factor. You know, they're going to run their offense as well. Jordan, you think the Bears have gotten better through 16 weeks. What about the Packers? What about Jordan Love in particular? Think about where he was where, yeah, the Packers beat the Bears. But Jordan Love wasn't at his best in week one. Mm -hmm. How about now, though? He's really good. He's playing at a high
2: level. He's making really good tight window throws. I'm telling you, there's a different vibe at Hallis. Yes. There is. Did you watch the videos of when Iber Flus told the two guys that are going to the Pro Bowl how they're going? It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Tez, come on in. I want to just go over some things to help you get off chip blocks. You see this, Shay or Jay Moore? Yeah, I saw it. I want to, see, to help you get off chip blocks. Oh, mm-hmm. that'd be great, Coach. Like, And for people out there, what's a chip block? Like when a running back helps out. Yeah. Like the left tackle has sweat, but I got to get some help. Here comes a, a secondary blocker. And he said, That'd be great, coach. And he sat down and he puts up on the big screen in the conference room, there's a play. Oh, that's not the one. That's not the one. That's not the one. And the next thing flashes up Montez Sweat, 2024 Pro Bowl. <laughs> what? Let's go, Mike. <laughs> Dude, it was super cool. And to watch him embracing Eberflus, and Ryan Poles is there and then. They did the same thing with Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to talk to you about something. Puts up a play. No, that's not it. Boom. There it is.
1: What? These guys did it. These guys did it, Jerome man. Moore was not there for that. He was not. But, but they did it. Oh, for heaven's sake.
2: It was awesome. And, I, and there's polls and Jalen Johnson hugging, and they've had their differences on the contracts. Dude, there's a vibe. I'm telling you, I'm hearing this. The vibe in the room is better than we've seen. Okay,
1: they get along. How does that translate to the field? Just wait. I, okay, that's I'm the, coming in hot. Okay, that. I can't, certainly
2: call me the good luck charm going up the Lambo. I've never
1: been there. Okay, I'm leaving one and zero. Okay, but you're not. Hey. You're not playing. Don't you understand? Thank God. I mean, well, yeah. Well, I get it. I mean, uh, you're coming in hot, but you're not playing. The Bears are the ones that are playing. Are they going to be coming in as hot as you are coming in? And by the way, you can go to the free clinic for you coming in hot. There's always a pill for that. And definitely a long needle. I'm good. Nonetheless, I'm just telling you that, uh, yeah, you might be coming in hot, but will the Bears? That's the question. Dude, That's I, the question. I couldn't sleep. I'm so excited
2: to be at that game. And a friend of mine said to me yesterday, he's like, dude, the Bears are 7-9. and nine. What are you so excited about? I said, because we're going to beat the Packers. My first trip to Lambeau. There's going to be a ton of Bears fans there, Mm -hmm. and when we're leaving the stadium, we're going to chant,
1: "The Packers still suck." Here we go. (laughs) Can you roll that out? The Packers still suck. Yes, we still do that, huh?
2: We could beat their ass. Oh man. Okay. Like if you're planning your weekend, I got to do this Uh, Friday night. We'll do that. Got to go to the Home Depot, and I don't know if we'll have time to get to Bed Bath and Beyond if they're still around. Sunday morning. Now let's get up, and it's it's my day. Uh-huh. Let's go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Green Bay, right, Justin? Um, you know their home field. Uh, I know their fans gonna be loud because it's not much to do in Green Bay except watch football. But um, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a great environment to us for us to play in, and uh, you know, hopefully we have a great game and get the double on Sunday. So yes,
2: yes, and you get all of that action and the fun and frivolity and the hype. Starting at 7 a.m. right here on the Home of the Bears, ESPN 1000.
1: So the Bears will win if, and I told you that they got to run the football effectively. And, again, I'm not expecting, like, these big eye-popping numbers from Justin, but I expect the offense to move in the right direction. That is for sure. And then D.J. Moore, you know, we haven't talked enough about him, Cap, with his one touchdown he had against the Falcons on Sunday, nine receptions, get for 159 yards. He was targeted 13 times. That's how you handle a number one wide receiver cap. And again, this is against a Falcons team that was on their heels the entire game. Be you didn't, if you didn't look at the record, you'd say that the Falcons would be going home early or, or, or be done after their season because uh, they didn't look very good against the Bears' offense. But DJ Moore, nine receptions, good for 159 yards. You know, More of that, please. More of that to be able to make him a catalyst for this offense on the road. Yes. Yes. Just take care of the football. This is
2: Well, this is one of those games if you're the coach. Guys, let's leave it all out on that field. Let's go out there and go into our offseason knowing our arrow is pointing up. We have got a lot more talent on this roster. There's more coming. Don't worry about what Ryan's going to do polls with his draft. Don't worry about any of that. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's just go out and beat their ass.
2: Everybody ready? Get
1: your paws in here. Well, well, we'll see if it's going to go that far. The reason why that we have questions about Jordan Love early in the season is because there was a losing streak with the Packers. A lot of mm-hmm. question marks about the Packers. You recall this, right? After I do. the After the victory that the Packers had against the Bears, there was a loss against the Falcons. I do remember. And it's kind of like, okay, what is this Falcons team that the Packers lost? That was a, an odd game. There's losses against the Lions. Raiders, Broncos, and Vikings all in a row. That's four in a row. And then a win against the Rams, 20-3, to and a loss against the Steelers. And then from there, the Packers have been able to get a rhythm, I think, offensively. A game against the Lions and the Chiefs. Um, the the Panther game, even though that was way too close for comfort, a thirty three to thirty victory for the Packers against the Panthers, and then thirty three ten against the Vikings. So there's been a, a kind of a roller coaster effect with the Packers this season, trying to get acclimated, everything, especially offensively. So Green Bay
2: has seven losses, correct? Mm hmm. Green Bay of their seven losses, four what? of them were to the teams we uh, they're, beat. They're eight and eight. They have eight losses. Mm-hmm. Eight and eight. I think we beat four of the eight teams that they lost to. Mm-hmm. Dude, we're trending in the right direction here.
1: No question. I, I don't I don't uh, disagree with that. I'm just saying that we understand the hammer and nail scenario of this Bears and Packers rivalry as of late. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to be able to get it turned here uh, at the end of the season. As I mentioned to you last a couple of days ago, I would love for the Bears to be able to win this game and then carry that momentum into next year. Like, hey... You know, we finally was able to break through because there's something always that you can shoot for. The Bears can shoot for finally beating the Packers in the 2020s. Finally beating them, especially on their home field. There is no ghost of Walter Payton that can help them this time, though, Cap. there's not, it's not like it did back in the day with the Robinson block.
2: No, I remember that. Yeah. That was insane.
1: Right? Yeah. Chip shot, field goal, blocked.
2: The, the key going in there... Is going to be the first quarter not making a silly turnover, not giving up a big play where you're like, oh, God. 70-yard touchdown series? No. Just take care of the football and don't allow splash plays. That's
1: the game right there. See what happens. Uh, Shay, let's open the phone lines. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. A question for you, the Bears fan. It's it's meat and cheese week. Bears and Packers. Are you expecting a win for the Bears on Sunday? Simple question because this is our last football Friday together. We'll have other times to talk about the playoffs and everything else. But as far as a Bears football Friday, this is the last one. So it's time for you to jump in. Are you expecting a win on Sunday for the Bears over the Packers? 312-332-3776 is our phone number. We ask you to like, share, and subscribe to all of our podcasts, including the and J-Hood podcast. Listen, you're busy. You may not be able to listen to all three hours of our show. And if you can't, make sure you check out the ESPN Chicago app, download it, and make sure that you share and subscribe. It's one thing for you to be able to enjoy you listening right now, but why not share it out to other Chicago sports fans that are not correct. familiar with the show? that is correct
2: get in the car tune out the world a little bit and listen to what we're doing we're
1: having a lot of fun here every single morning all right let's go to the phone lines and talk to you are you expecting a win for the bears on sunday 312-332-3776 is our phone number in brooklyn new york listening on the espn chicago app here's Derek on cap and jay good morning dude.
2: yo good morning cappy hoodie what's going on baby what's up brother
0: I'm super excited, Cap. I'm feeling your energy, man. I, I, I'm feeling the way you're feeling, man. The, the arrow is pointed up. I think we're going to go on the Lambo, and
2: we're going to get a victory. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout or nothing like that, but I, I just got the vibe that we are going to win this game. And I just wanted to say, I want to thank both you guys, man, for the great season. Of, of Bears' information and Bears' conversation. You
0: guys bring an honest take to the conversation. You guys are not biased, even though, you know, we, we all love the Bears. Wow. But you give an honest, honest uh, you know, take on, on the situation that goes on up there with that organization. I just want to say I appreciate you guys, and I love you guys, and I love the show, man. You're Always listening. Go Bears. Bear down. Yo, enjoy yourself, Cap. I'm going I'm to try to go next year, baby. So maybe we go again next year together. Talk you, to you later, you man. You let
2: me know. I'm in.
4: Gotcha, brother. Peace. Peace. All right, Derek. We'll be doing the phone call. That guy's the
1: best. Well, I mean, you can say that we're not biased, but we are. We are When we are wearing Bears gear more times than not every morning, there, there's a little bit of a bias, a lot of bit of a bias, because we're ready for the Bears to get this thing cooking and for them to win. And, and, and the whole thing for me, Cap, from my side of the table, and I think that you'd agree because you, I believe you feel the same way, you have to hold these teams accountable in this city. Yes. You know, newspaper columnists, back when a newspaper was a major thing as far as our media consumption, it was uh, paramount for a columnist to be able to hold a team accountable. It's one thing to write in the high school newspaper or the college paper, you know, rah, rah, we want our team to win and this is why our team is the best. Well, you have, there's both sides of a story. And, and our side of the story is, is that the Bears are trending up and the hope is that it, that is sustainable. Because I don't want to fall for the banana in the tailpipe and just tell you, like, the Bears are going to beat the Packers. Well, I don't, I don't know that for sure. I'd like for that to happen. And I can tell you that the arrow's pointing up because they have all this draft capital and all this money for free agency. Well, until we see it on the field, I can't tell you one way or the other what's going to happen. Yeah, I'd like for the Bears to be a perennial playoff team. That's my goal as a fan for the Bears. However, what it comes down to is you have all these things. These are all facts. The draft picks. And you've got the free agency money and free, agency, free agents coming in. But what do you do with all that? Does that manifest itself to winning? That's the question. That's he, the hope, right? That
2: is the hope. Yeah. Look, he's going to have super tough decisions. I had an extensive conversation with Mike Tannenbaum last night,
1: mm-hmm.
2: who's been a GM of two teams. He works at ESPN now. He has an unbelievable amount of knowledge on the whole process. And when he was with the Jets, they got to the AFC title game. They had a lot of success. He never won the big one as the GM, but he's a really smart football guy and a really good dude to talk to. And I said, let me ask you a question. If you were running the Bears, what do you do? And what do you think Ryan Poles does? Mm -hmm. And he said, look, I get it. Justin's super popular there. Everybody likes him. You guys haven't had a quarterback. He said, if you pass on Caleb Williams, if he's the guy, and he believes he is that guy. He said, if you pass on that guy. So you're telling me you left Patrick Mahomes on the board, C.J. Stroud on the board, and Caleb Williams? Don't ever tell me you don't have a quarterback in that town because you've had your opportunities. It's not like there hasn't been anybody there to pick. He said, I just don't see it. I don't see the Bears not taking Caleb Williams. He thinks it's going to happen.
1: So, we'll see. There's a lot of other factors that we have not really discussed regarding this because the financial end of it also matters. The contract situation. Mm -hmm. Like... You've seen Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray. I like to use those two as an example. Mm -hmm. For the Arizona Cardinals, because they've just been such a lousy franchise for a while, with or without Larry Fitzgerald, they have not an Anquan Bolden. They have not been the, the consistent team that some fans in Arizona thought that they would be. It's been so scattershot and so underwhelming. That they felt that they could be able to corner the market on the quarterback and say, We got a young asset here in Kyler Murray. We're just going to pay through the nose for him. That's never going to be able to get to where it needs to be. 230 million. It'll never get to where it needs to be, Cap. It just won't. Like, I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. I never was. And I, I just don't think that that'll work. And so the other side of it is in New York with Daniel Jones, right? You got Gettleman, the former GM. Who wanted it? Uh, an Eli Manning type. Well, and I'd like to have a Peyton Manning type, but he won an Eli Manning type. Great, but that's pretty good too. But that's this kid's right. not.
2: He won two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. So sort of the defense. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame.
1: So sort of the defense and the trainer. But well, I, what I would tell you is, is that I, ta- I, would,
2: I take one like that. Sure. But, but again, Gettleman was old school man. Draft a running back number what two? Yeah. Draft Daniel Jones and come hell or high water, that guy's going to lead him where? He,
1: no. But, what, but the thing is, is that the Giants were stuck. Like, Arizona was stuck. Because right. It's like, we, we, do? we don't like Daniel Jones that much, but here, here's the money. Here you go. Maybe but, maybe he'll be okay. something.
2: So if they went back a year, went back a year, they won a playoff game at Minnesota, and they got pounded, and they're out. Yeah. Would Brian Dable go, hang on a second. Don't give that guy $160 million. Put him on the market. Sign Baker Mayfield. He's had a hell of a year in Tampa. Yeah. Like, Wow, where'd that come from? Baker Mayfield's been outstanding.
1: Only bring up those two choices of Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones because that's the kind of slippery slope in the big decision that Ryan Poles has to make. Can he look in his mind's eye and say, you know what, Justin Fields has some ups and downs and some things we don't like and some things that we do. We've tried to accentuate the positives and hide the negatives in his game as much as possible by giving him a wide receiver, adding onto the offensive line. But does that really look like a guy that's gonna should make well over $250 million? Is that actually a quarterback for the next five to ten years? That's the question that he's asking. Correct. Based on the ups and downs. Like, again, it's trending in the right direction where some Bears fan is like, for sure that's the guy for the next five to seven years. And, and if for sure you give him the money. But do you get where you need to be being a perennial Super Bowl contender with Justin Fields? That's the. I don't know. Again, to whom
2: much is given, much is expected, as the great Tom Waddle would say. That is the million dollar question because everyone's playing armchair GM at home. Guess what? Trade that pick, get a haul of picks, blah, 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 blah. And I asked that to Tannebaum. And he said, Yeah, valid discussion that we would go round and round about at the table. But he said, In the end, I don't care who's your receivers. I don't care who you've got blocking. I don't care what picks you've got, you know, sitting in your quiver. Can your quarterback win the Super Bowl or not?
1: Yeah. By, by the way, as a, as a, a side note to a t- Tannenbaum, if you recall his analysis last year, I don't remember if we had him on or not, but I just remember his analysis was that Fields wasn't the guy last year and right. that he would have went with Bryce Young. Was, was, uh, I don't know about that. I do. I thought he liked C.J. Stroud, but... I'm just saying, like, he, but he liked whatever it was. I believe it was he liked Bryce Young, too. Well, he what, liked both guys. But what, I, what I'm saying is is that what he is not is a Justin Fields guy. Correct. Too many holes in his game, he feels. Correct. To be able to get to where he needs to be. And again, that's the big question that you ask yourself. If you're Ryan Poles, if you don't like this quarterback class, you feel like Justin's better than what's in the quarterback class, then you pay him. But as I've been saying all along, and I've been consistent with this from day one, you do what you think is best for the Chicago Bears, but you better win. Or or I will be the one, and you will be the one to say, this is not good enough in House Hall. It's time for a change. Because it is hard, Cap, to pass in that draft class. So Twice? You're right. Twice? Three times. Because you passed on Patrick
2: Mahomes, so you screwed that one up. Well. So, man. You know, it's amazing because we get – through our careers, we've gotten to meet people who are GMs or former GMs or working in the league outside of Chicago. Outside of Chicago, it's an easy decision for just about every guy I've talked to. They're like, "This is really a big discussion in Chicago." Like, yeah, you take Caleb Williams. I'm like, really? It' easy decision.
1: Yeah, it's
2: not close.
1: Wow. wow. I don't think that's true, but I don't
2: either. Yeah. But, oh, man, outside of our area here, the people in the league, I'm not talking about fans, in the league, I haven't found more than maybe one or two that, yeah, I'd probably stick with who you got. Mm
1: -hmm. Every one of them, you've got to move off in. See, Cap, this is why Shea asked the question yesterday on Shot or No Shot regarding how big this game is against the Packers. And again, we have phrased, we have used the phrase big game or must-win game several times here in the regular season with the Bears. But while the Bears are trending in the right direction, as you've been mentioning, winning for the last five, winning against the Packers, I mean, for, for maybe Ryan Poles already has his mind made up, but if the Bears beat the Packers, And again, it's a regular season game in which you're still not going to the playoffs. That's part of that trend that's going in the right direction. That might be good enough for a team to say, wow, you know what? The Bears are turning in the right direction, and Justin Fields seems like he's turning around. I'll put him on my team. Or polls to say, yeah, you know what? We're going to pass on the draft class as far as the quarterbacks. Justin's got it now. He's in a rhythm. He he understands. I'm going to supply him with more. Right. But what if that's not enough? What if the inconsistency rears its ugly head again with Justin Fields? Which is a true statement. We went through the Weederer piece from the Tribune yesterday. The numbers are just eye-popping of how bad some of the stuff is, especially late in games, offensively.
2: He's 36th in the NFL among 37-qualified quarterbacks in fourth-quarter quarterback rating. That's not good. That's where you win football games.
1: Yeah,
3: But if they move on, that's going to be the reason. Probably right. Like, I literally think if they choose to move on from Fields, it will be Ryan Poles just looking at the fourth quarter stats and going that you can't win a Super Bowl with a player like that. You just can't.
2: Right. But Ryan Poles is, I don't know, how old is he, 38? Yeah. He doesn't want to be the guy, you know, at 58 with grandkids potentially going, yeah, you see that guy getting inducted in the Hall of Fame right there? His name's Caleb Williams. I passed on him. Damn, that, that, I mean, that that's too? what we're looking at here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone thinks it's such an easy decision. It is not. Like if Sylvia was saying this yesterday, and he's right. Like when Cutler was here, eh, he was 52 and 52. He had a big arm. He wasn't well liked by a lot of his teammates. He didn't embrace being the face of the team. He's a, he's a jag. He is. That's another guy. He's, a, he's a, He had a... the. Good Lord gave him a thunderbolt for a right arm, and he's a tough guy. Not the smartest guy on the field. I'm not talking about book smart. I'm talking about processing and on the field and recognizing fronts, all of it. That's what guys who played with him tell me. But this kid, what we have now, he's embraced the city. He's embraced his teammates. He's embraced the role of being the face of the franchise. He's incredibly talented. Can he get you where you want to go? I don't know.
1: Jay Moore handed this uh, to me from uh, On3. You're familiar with that website, On3? Yeah. Uh, former NFL GM explains why he drafted Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Oh, that's, that's Tantamon. Tantamon. Yeah. There you go. I mean, so, but, but again, let me just say this. I'm only bringing this up to say that his opinion still matters like everyone else's opinion matters. He would have taken Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Okay. But also he feels that he would move on from Justin Fields and get Caleb Williams. doesn't mean that that's wrong either. That's just an opinion.
3: I also think there's like some important context in when we talk about this guy would have taken Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, this guy would have taken C.J. Stroud. They all would have taken Caleb Williams over both if Caleb Williams were in last year's draft. That's correct.
1: That's true. That's true. All right, we'll go to the phone lines in a minute. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Guys, ladies... This is our last Bears Friday of the year. Are you expecting a win on Sunday? What would a win over the Packers do to your expectations for 2024? We'll take your phone calls here. Don't forget Shot or No Shot coming your way at 8 o'clock. All part of the Cap'n J-Hood Morning Show.
0: Checkmate one landing suppression on target. That's why I see him in the shot. Shot or No Shot with Captain J-Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in the shot. Good
1: morning and welcome in to the Cap'n Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now, time for Shot or No Shot, as brought to you by Debbie
2: Club Hawthorne, betting bars, Jonathan Jay Hood, featuring horse racing, video slots, sports betting through points bet, awesome craft beers, salads, cocktails, and a whole lot of fun. We say good morning to Shay W go, North. <laughs> Good morning, boys. On a
3: Bears Friday ahead of Bears Packers, how are we this morning? We're awesome,
1: man. We are ready to go. We got a national championship game to talk about on Monday, and we've got a full slate of NFL for this weekend. Should be fun. Oh, man, come on. So this show ends. I'm running to the car.
2: In, grab my dogs, Grab my better half. Gone. Right up to Wisconsin.
1: Let's go. What do you got on your dogs? A little sauerkraut, or what are you doing with the dogs?
2: I'm going to walk them to the car.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, I'm
2: going to sure. get Sparky to jump up into the car. Uh huh. Stanley, I got to lift up into the car. He's not as athletic as me. And. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait a minute. All right.
2: And away we go, man. Oh, baby. I. I could kick off right now.
1: Well, let's not do go that. Go for it. Let's not do that. Oh,
2: opposite sides on that one. Again. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Right, go ahead.
1: Hamstring
3: pull We're there. are good. <laughs> Every guy can bust.
1: <laughs> Here's...
3: Let's go. Shay Norley. Shay. All right, let's get started with Shot or No Shot. Uh, it has maybe never been easier than it is right now to frame Bears versus Packers through the quarterbacks. Both Fields and Love are young, promising players, but... The narrative's very different as we head into the offseason. Jordan Love looks like he's the quarterback of the future for Green Bay, while Justin Fields has been facing questions about potentially getting traded this offseason if the Bears choose to draft a quarterback. Regardless of what the Bears decide, whether they trade or keep Justin Fields, shot or no shot, Justin Fields needs to outplay Jordan Love on Sunday.
1: That's a shot. That's a shot. But for a lot of different reasons, though, Cap. Mm-hmm. He needs to outplay Jordan Love because wherever he's going, staying as a bear, traded someplace else, he needs that for him. No matter the dancing after the wins, no matter the bravado, no matter how he handles the press, for him, I think that it's a milestone. Because, again, it just adds on to the LinkedIn resume. I mean, again, it's so... Up and down with Justin Fields. Whether people want to see that or not, I couldn't care less. I watch the games. That's all. I mean, I see the stats and I read the games. And so I know what Justin Fields is. And I also know what he's not. And I just think that this would be such a positive on his resume to be able to lead a team offensively to defeat the Packers at Lambeau Field, even though there's nothing to play for as far as the playoffs are concerned. So I would say, yeah, that is a shot. Something to play for. Yeah, it's absolutely a shot.
2: Now, if you go out there and you ball out and you beat the Green Bay Packers, it's going to make it even tougher for Ryan Poles to go. (laughs) I'm drafting Caleb Williams.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? Yeah. Like, if you go out and 38 to 20 and get pounded again, I'm tucking tail and trying to get to the car without getting harassed too much. (laughs) People will be like, all right, whatever. That – that would be a different scenario. But I truly think they're going in to win. I, this is not my heart. This is my gut. Your heart will lead you astray. I've always told my kids that in their love lives. Your heart and your other thing will lead you astray. Your gut will never lie to you. If you really think about it, my gut tells me that does, that's not right or that is. It will never, ever lie to you. My gut tells me we're winning the
1: football game. Mm. You mean that same gut that had the White Sox win the World Series in year two? Of that, wasn't,
2: that wasn't a gut thing. What was that? That was just kind of... Out of your ass? Yeah, pretty much.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: pretty much. Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: <God>.
2: Yeah. 100%. <laughs> that's right. what you
3: were doing into the microphone.
2: <laughs> it was just... <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, yeah, they won 93 games the first. I think it won the World
1: Series. Cody, that's his bubble right. gut. Yeah, it sounds like It, <laughs> it sounds like it. Hey, no. you know, let's not know what. But, okay, well, well, I think that this would be good for him. So, yeah, I think he needs to win. I think the Bears need to win. Agreed. I know we, we do this separation anxiety thing of fields and the Bears. It's still the Bears.
2: Remember the Tom Brenneman line? Enough already. When the Cubs were piling on the Reds. Yeah. We used to play it all of it. Enough already. Enough already to go, lose to these guys. Oh.
1: Game after game after game after game. I remember. Oh, you mean that line? Here's Shay Norling. Shay. All right. A lot of people seem to think Ryan Poles <laughs> don't look at that. one way or the
3: other. A lot You're of people seem guy. to think that Ryan Poles has made his decision whether he's going to keep Justin Fields or get rid of Justin Fields, draft a quarterback, keep Eberflus, get rid of Eberflus. People seem to think the decision's made. I'm a man of faith. A few other people seem to think the decision is not. So my question: They go up to Green Bay this weekend, and we know how important. This game is, to the Bears as an organization, the importance of beating the Packers. If they go up and win, shot or no shot, everybody stays. Everybody? Everybody.
2: That's a shot. Look, I've said to you all week, all these people out there that couldn't design one NFL call, Luke Getz—he's horrible. He's not... The devil, he's not Bill Walsh. He's somewhere in between. They scheme the other day. that put up thirty-seven or thirty-eight points on Atlanta. It was beautifully designed. He had a really good day, and his quarterback had an even better day.
1: But it could be the drizzling. You know what's on Sunday? That's what we're talking about. The whole operation's inconsistent. How do I know? Look at the win-loss record. Agreed. Look at the losses coming into this. See, it, again, I, we're not giving out dilly bars because you beat Atlanta. That's just not good enough, Cap. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not I disagreeing. Can't, I, can't, I can't say it any clearer to you that, yes, they beat Atlanta, and yes, they beat Arizona. You'd rather win those games than lose them. However, the inconsistency is why the Bears are buying that eight ball now. Correct. All right. uh, No, he's not the devil. and No, he's not Bill Walsh. But but here's one thing. He is inconsistent. No doubt about it. But is that because of
2: his quarterback play? Is that because of a substandard offensive line a lot of the time he's been here? I can't answer that. I don't
1: know. Well, the answer is yes to all of what you just said. Probably right. All of it, yes. But to just
2: automatically assume, oh, we'll bring Eberflus back. We'll bring Justin back. We're getting a new offensive coordinator. A lot of guys are going to go, I'm not going over there. And I I don't believe in a quarterback, A or B. That coach may not be there in a year. It's not that easy. And to install another offense is a massive undertaking.
1: Shea, I'm just not going to get the the men in black device and just hold it up to people and say, you know what you saw at the beginning of the season? Just erase that. And let's just look at the four of the last five. Now, again, I'll take the trend of winning. But again, all of it matters. The entire resume of the 17 weeks matters.
2: But if they go up there and win and they look good doing so, there is a chance all of them are back.
1: If they lose, they they're all coming back. That's what I think. I mean, Ubreflus looks like that. That's so he's more and more confident now. Do you
2: think comes back if they lose?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think I, I think, all I think of
2: there's a very strong chance Luke's back if Justin's back. If they change quarterbacks, all bets are off. It's
1: not what I'm asking for, Shea. But I mean, I'm thinking that they're going to just roll everything right back.
4: I mean, that, they'll be the new settlers. And they made an improvement from last season, even it was just a few wins. I mean, that counts. That's fair.
3: Well, I said preseason. My expectation was seven wins. It was the absolute yeah. floor. Yep. And they got to seven. So what am I supposed to do now, bitch? Because three of the losses didn't look pretty?
1: No, it's not. We're not trying to get the Bears in the top 25 in the AP poll. Correct. That's not, that's not what this is about. And seven, I think we agreed as a show that seven was the number. And seven, there might be seven and ten before it's all squared away. What I'm saying is, is that we cannot turn a blind eye to what the offense looked like early. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think, Hoodie,
3: I'd probably be more willing than you to get the men in black flashlight thing out and, and wipe some memories about the first four weeks because, like, offensively, I think things still needed to change, but the defense was the real problem the first four weeks, and that did change. Allen Williams got out, Eberflu started calling plays, you acquired some talent, and all of a sudden your defense looks like a top-ten unit. I think it's more important that it looks good at the end than that it looks good at the beginning.
1: Agreed. Okay, but I, I, again, that spe- that speaks to this season. I, can you tell me for sure that carries over? That's the hope. I don't know that for sure. Correct.
2: Correct. So you have a proven track record of success. You can't predict it.
1: That's all. That's all I'm asking for.
2: I just you know. But it's a dangerous game to keep changing offensive coordinators and asking him to learn another offense. It's it's not that easy. I've asked enough guys, how hard? Oh, it's super hard. Until it becomes easily to just think, just react, 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 instead of having to think about all of it. Jay Moore hoodie's going to need that on his
1: No problem. There's space.
0: Another one.
1: (laughs) This is amazing. So, we'll see. How difficult is it, Cap? It's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Here's Shane
0: Orch, Another one.
1: Well, we've been talking a lot
3: about offensive coordinator. If the Bears do decide to keep Justin Fields, they could decide also to move on from Luke Getze. And there is a name out there who sounds at least like he might be interested. Former Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman.
2: Yeah, because he's at home. He doesn't have a job. Of course he's at home, and of course he doesn't have a job. But he also
3: built the Kaepernick offense that took the Niners to a Super Bowl. (laughs) He also built the uh, Ravens offense that got Lamar Jackson a MVP, and he built the Bills offense that got to Tyrod Taylor a Pro Bowl. All mobile guys, and he just told the 33rd team, quote, they're building something, and that kid, Justin Fields, has a chance to be special. Shot or no shot, the Bears should hire Greg Roman if they keep Justin Fields. I...
2: I- I don't know him from Roman who owns the flooring company that we used. I don't know enough about Greg. Roman didn't build the Lamar Jackson offense. Well, guess what? If he's so freaking good, why is he sitting on his couch eating chips on Sunday? Nobody in the league wanted him. Nobody. And they fired him in Baltimore.
1: Yeah. Out. Yeah. Roman wasn't built in the day. Correct. That's wrong. Oh.
2: (laughs) Why do I want, I don't know enough about Greg Roman, but if he's so freaking good in a league star for offensive productivity, why has he got a bag of Stacy's pita chips and Daisy dips on Sundays? Nobody, they don't even have him in his. Hey, can we get you as an offensive
1: consultant? No, get out. So, but you know how the NFL works, I man. He'll get a job someplace because there's no new ideas in the NFL. He'll find a, He'll find a way to be back on someone's like, roster. Like
2: I thought, it was super cool that Jim Harbaugh said we got or John Harbaugh said we got to be better. Mm-hmm. Get out, Greg Roman, yep. and he went and got Todd Munkin from Georgia. Yep. Technically, Roman resigned. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. They allowed him to resign. Right. He resigned so he could get his money. Yes. There, you resign, and nobody else in the league wanted him. Nobody. Right. He's going to roll in here and be our savior. Spare me.
1: That's a shot. Shay?
3: Beautiful. Uh, all right. The Cubs still have not acquired a major league player in oh. this offseason via trade or free agency. <laughs> Hold on. There is something in the ESPN headlines that grabbed my attention. Uh, the, they are the only team left without an acquisition at the major league level this season via trade or hmm. signing. We know the Cubs need pitching help, and we also know they love a one year reclamation project. One of baseball's most notorious figures, say it. Trevor Bauer, is campaigning for a return to Major League Baseball, saying he knows he made, quote, mistakes and, quote, did a lot of damage, but he believes he is still one of the best pitchers on earth and he wants a second chance. So, shot or no shot, the Cubs' one-year deal for Trevor
2: Bauer. I Let me be, be clear here. I love the Cubs. My favorite team. If they signed Trevor Bauer, that would make me puke. I'll puke all over this console. Whoa! He's a bad person. He's a horrible teammate. Mm-hmm. They, they, you remember this? Multiple teams said, "Get out! We don't want him anywhere around our locker room." Cleveland. Uh, where else was he? Cincinnati. Dodgers. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers, mm-hmm. all out. No, I don't care if he says. I'll give you guys 50 million. I just want to pitch.
1: No, thank you. I would say uh, that he's probably closer to a white sox than a
2: cub. That no chance. Jerry would never, ever entertain that.:
1: No chance.: Trevor, please sit down. Would you like a nice soup? Uh, two soups, please. Now, Trevor, let's talk a little bit. All right So was she hot? That's the question.) <laughs> Wow! Why would you take so much abuse? Why would you do it? Why would you do that? I mean, you have sexual proclivities. I so don't understand it. i get punched in the face. Why would I do that? Could
0: you imagine, imagine Jerry having the heart to heart?
1: Wow. <laughs> well, put a, a clause in your contract, okay? Never get beat up. How about that?
2: He's a bad guy. I, I, no, thank you, hard pass. Just saying, man. I don't care if you guaranteed me he'd win 20 games. I don't want him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. anything's possible in Major League Baseball. But do you think that he'd be blackballed across the, the league because of yes. his uh, background? Yes. Okay. Yes. Don't think you'd be with the White Sox, huh? I mean, Sox really need some pitching. They do. Badly.
2: They do. <laughs> Badly. No. There's a reason he's sitting out there because he has no leverage. He can take... All right, we'll give you a million bucks. No. Teams are not going to How do you go to a sponsor and go, that's our new acquisition right there? Yeah.
1: Partners aren't going to want to be part of that. And to your point, more in baseball, almost in any sport, that culture matters because you're, you're around each other from February to hopefully October. And you've got to deal with that. You're with your teammates Jesus.
2: more than your family during the season.
1: Yeah. Especially him. And dealing with him from spring training on. Correct. Oh, gosh. Never mind about his outside issues. Just in the locker room. That would be a problem. Yeah. Out. All right. That is our uh, shot or no shot. Let's uh, do the picks. (laughs) On the Captain J Hood morning show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app, we ask you to... uh, Check out the podcast. If you can't listen all three hours, check out the ESPN Chicago app. Download it. Catch all the podcasts, all the shows, including Cap and J-Hood. We have our own tab right there on the ESPN Chicago app. The Picks, every Friday, brought to you by... That would be Marquee Sports Network. Catch the Bears. Tom Waddle,
2: Tom Thayer, Taylor McGregor, Cole Wright, maybe a sighting of an Elise Meneker, a Carlos Pena. Oh. Ryan Sweeney, Orion Dempster, all on marquee all season long here again is Shay Nora All right, we have the standings as we enter
3: week 18 where the games are fake and the points aren't real. You got to really know who's active and inactive this week. Last week, Hoodie, 7 and 4, takes the belt, but still four games behind Jay Moore in the overall standings as Jay Moore looks to run away with this thing. The brother. In the picks, we get started collegiately. Number one, Michigan, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against number two, Washington, in the national championship game Monday night. Woody.
1: I abstain. We move on to Cap. Cap?
2: Not allowed. Make a pick. Drop a pair. Let's go.
1: What's the over? Do you have that, uh, Shane? 200. I don't know. No, I'm just, I am curious. I like Michigan minus four and a half against Washington. That would not be my play, though. I like to take a look at the total. 56 and a half. I like the total there in that matchup, um, more so than anything else. But Michigan, look how, how strong they were to survive against Alabama. Washington putting it on Texas from an offensive standpoint. I think Michigan's defense cap will be strong enough to be able to hang in there and win this game. I like Michigan minus four and a half against Washington.
2: Yeah, I'm not a Michigan man. I'm an Ohio State guy, so I will not root for Michigan. I hope they get just
1: eviscerated. You're an Ohio State fan. Is that what you just said? Yes. Okay, yeah, your favorite team from Ohio State over the years. Which one?
2: That would probably be with the Archie Griffin years when he won back-to-back Heismans with Woody Hayes. I loved Woody Hayes. He was amazing.
1: Um, How old are you? Well, don't answer old. that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I will take... The Washington Huskies plus the four and a half would not be surprised if they win this game outright, but I think getting the points, the only concern I have is the Michigan front four against the Washington O-line. If Washington can handle the front four, they're winning the football game. Give me the Huskies.
3: Yeah, I think that's the key, Cappy. I think Michigan has an advantage on both lines of scrimmage. Michigan likely to have the better run game depending on the health of Washington's running back, Dylan Johnson, after he got hurt at the end of the semifinal game. I don't want it to happen, but I'm going to pick it because if I win, I'm right. And if I lose, I paid for Michigan to lose. I'm going to take Michigan laying the four and a half. I think they put Washington in a bag and punt them out of Houston.
1: Has Has the line moved at all public money wise? There was a quick bump to
3: five and then it came back to four and a half. But the public is heavy on Washington.
4: Okay. Jay Moore. I agree with Shea as well as Hoodie. I think Harbaugh is going to get his first taste of success and ride off in the sunset. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. (laughs) I'm going with Michigan. Michigan. The Texans, one
3: and a half point favorites in Indianapolis Saturday night. A win and get in game for the Texans and the Colts, potentially. Hoodie. Ben
1: I think that uh, the Texans, uh, a win and they're in. I believe that's a scenario for Houston. I like the... They could win the division if Jacksonville loses. Yeah. So I, I like the Texans on the road against Indianapolis. Give me the Texans minus one and a half. They've been on a roll. They have a lot to play for in this spot. I like the Texans outright.
2: I like the Colts. Texans have had a very, very good year. They're a little banged up. They're at the Colts, and Indianapolis with Gardner Minshew will win the football game.
0: Gary!
2: Uh, I
3: am also taking the Colts, a division dog, at home against a rookie quarterback in a huge spot to try to make the playoffs. I don't love the situation for Houston. I will take the Colts.
4: Right. Stroud has had a great rookie campaign, and I think the Texans will pull it off. And maybe win the division. Dear
3: Lord. The Cleveland Browns head on the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Browns have a lot of inactives. So many that the Bengals are seven-point favorites because the Browns are starting Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. Hoodie.
4: Crack is whack.
1: Okay, so looking at this matchup, I love the Bengals. Minus seven. Again, the quarterback situation you got to keep your eyes on very closely. The Joe Flacco experience has reached new heights for the Browns. It's been a great spot. You know, giving Cleveland a playoff spot, but I like the Bengals minus 7 in this one.
2: Yeah, the Browns are just punting on the football game, so give me the Bengals minus the 7. Although, when Jeff Driscoll started against the Bear a few years ago, he actually played reasonably well. But uh, I'll go Bengals.
3: Throw it! I'm actually going to take the Browns getting the seven, and I know they're punting on the game, but since he's eliminated, I don't think they're just going to go out and blow anybody out. Feels like this is just a low-scoring game where you take the points.
4: Price went up. Yesterday's price is not today's price. I am rolling with the Browns. It's going to be a defensive game because a lot of the Bengals are ready to, uh, what, 3-2-1 Cancun? (laughs) They're ready to go. Yes. Show me that (laughs) app.
3: The Tampa Bay Bucks, with a chance to clinch the division with a win, are four-and-a-half-point favorites in Carolina
1: Hood. I like the Buccaneers minus four-and-a-half against the Panthers. Panthers have been lousy. Bucks will have enough. And by the way, you talk about that program. People are wondering about Todd Bowles and his future. That looks good right now. Really good. And Baker
2: Mayfield's played himself into a pretty nice contract. I will go with the Buccaneers. That gets it wet.
3: Yeah, Bucks have a bounce-back spot here after what happened to them getting shut out, basically, against uh, the New Orleans Saints last week. I think they go up to Carolina and just put them in a body bag. I'll take Tampa Bay.
4: Can't do it. I'm rolling with the Bucs as well. It's unanimous. The New York football Jets travel to
3: New England to take on the Patriots, who are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Hoodie.
1: I'll ask you this, Shay, before I make my pick. This one thing through sixteen weeks that you have not said as a Patriots fan, you have not said if the if the players from the Patriots have separated themselves from Bill Belichick. We know we mentioned this with Atlanta uh, and other teams, but there isn't this feeling in New England like the like the players are ready for Belichick to go. Right? You haven't heard that, have you? Think a little bit when the players when
3: Jack Jones got that pick six, the one handed interception against the Chargers. Jack Jones got cut by New England and the Raiders picked him up and Matthew Judon Patriot's edge rusher went on Twitter and said this is what happens when you play for guys who believe in you so I think there it might not show so much on the defensive side but there's a little bit of a split
1: okay because this is this could be it for Bill here on Sunday cap correct so I like I like the Patriots minus one and a half against the Jets and maybe the swan song for Bill.
2: Yeah, I think the Patriots hammer them pretty good. Yeah, So give me the Patriots. I am
3: picking with my heart here for the love of God. Lose. Just lose. Just protect the pick and lose. I'll go Jets.
4: Going with the Patriots, they will pay, play for pride. And send Bill Belichick off. Blues, please, system. God!
3: Don't don't play for pride. Have some respect. Lose the game. All right, Vikings at Lions. Lions three and a half point favorites at Ford Field. They are hanging a banner pregame hoodie. They are. Yes.
1: Can wait till next year. Nope.
3: I think it's awesome.
1: I I think that's awesome. That does Ring Night Banner Night is that an effect? <laughs> I think the Lions will win the games outright, and they can cover three and a half. But boy. Is there any effect on ring night or banner night for the Lion? Yeah, it usually goes the other way.
2: Dan Campbell said they are coming in ready to go. That They're taking this game very seriously. Give me my guy Dan Campbell. Give me the Lions. Honolulu blue for me. What was his quote? Play with controlled aggression. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah.
3: I'm going to go with the Lions as well. I don't think that they're looking at an eliminated Vikings as an opportunity to rest. I think the Lions want to be as strong as possible going into the playoffs. I will take Detroit.
4: I agree with Shea. I agree with Shea. I'm rolling with the
3: Lions. Cowboys laying 13 points in Washington as they take on the commanders who will start Sam Howell. Hoodie,
1: The Cowboys all the way 13, and that'll be the all for Ron Rivera. That'll be his swan song. Get out. That'll be it. They're not gonna play hard for him. They're gonna lay down. That'll be all for the commanders. Give me the Cowboys minus thirteen.
2: Yeah, the commanders are gonna play for Ronnie. They're not gonna save his job, but give me the commanders. Yes. What, what did we say earlier, j moore three, two, one, Cancun. That's the Washington <laughs> Commanders.
3: End the season. Get the F out of that horrible stadium, and let's just move on with our lives. Cowboys go in there and drop a bomb. I'm taking Dallas.
4: Tune in. I agree with Shay. I am rolling with the Cowboys.
3: Yep, out. All right. The This is one of the most interesting games on the board. The L.A. Rams, starting Carson Wentz, take on the San Francisco 49ers without... Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and starting Sam Darnold. The Niners are four-point favorites. Hoodie.
1: I like the Rams, plus four. The Rams are quite the story that we have not talked about, Cap. A team that you thought rebuilding, older. They found a way, but it starts with defense first for them. This This is one of the more unexpected stories, the Rams, for them. How they were at the beginning of the season and where they are right now. Questions about McVay, whether or not he'd be around or not. But it starts with the defense first. The Rams win the game outright, and uh, they cover the four on the road.
2: Yeah, I think the Rams win the game outright as well. I expect Eric Dickerson to have a big day. James <laughs> Harris <laughs> yeah. at quarterback,
1: uh-huh. Deacon
2: Jones, Merlin Olsen, and all the greats are all going to be in action on Sunday. Give me the Rams. Cap, in a similar vein, I'm looking forward to
3: seeing Torrey Holt catch passes from Carson Wentz. It's going to be go. very exciting. On Sunday, I am taking the Rams as well. You've got Wentz playing to stay in the league against a Niners team that's basically resting their best players. I'll go with the Rams.
4: I agree. The greatest show on turf is back. <laughs> I'm rolling with the Rams, man. That would be me. All right. The Eagles, who have struggled
3: mightily lately, Ooh. are laying five and a half points on the road against the New York football Giants. Hoodie. it. <sighs>
1: Well, Eagles are just going in the wrong direction. But I believe that the Giants also, uh three two one Cancun. Give me the Eagles. They can do enough to be able to get past the Giants on the road. Eagles minus five and a half, straight up. Happy New Year. Whew, tough, they just, huh?
2: They're struggling. Yeah. And the
1: Giants play for their guy,
2: but I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to hold my nose and go, they're going to right the ship. Give me the Make Eagles.
5: Make feel better.
3: I heard Carmen DeFalco talk about this yesterday, and I'm in the same boat as him. I have an under 11-and-a-half wins ticket on the Eagles that I never thought would still be alive. And so I'm betting with my heart once again. The New York Giants cover the five and a half and win outright.
4: G-Men! I'm probably with the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I'm with the
3: Yeah. Bills laying two and a half as they travel to Miami. Sunday night football and AFC East championship game
1: hoodie. Well, if this was on the road in Orchard Park, I'd say the Dolphins would get blitzed. And I know they didn't play well last week, but I think they'd right the ship enough to be able to cover that number. Give me the Dolphins plus two and a half at home against Buffalo.
0: All right, you
2: guys. As (laughs) Vic Fangio said at the press conference yesterday... Josh Allen is John Elway on steroids. He goes, and I don't mean he's taking steroids. That guy is freaky good. Give me my Buffalo Bills. That's right, baby. Blue, red, and white. Going to win the day in Miami. You know
0: that. Let's go.
2: You will actually get carpal tunnel
3: if you try to scroll, uh, scroll through the Dolphins injury report. 19 players on it. It is longer than a CVS receipt. Jalen Waddle may not play. Bradley Chubb will not play. They're missing a ton of pieces here. Mm-hmm. I think Buffalo goes down, wins the AFC East, ends up the two seed in the AFC, covers the two and a half, and Miami might miss the playoffs.
1: No, doctor. It's my quarterback.
2: They're not missing the playoffs.
4: Huh? They not? No. Not okay. Right. Well, I'm rolling with the Bills, so. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
3: Go Wyoming. All right, the final game on the slate. Bears at Packers. Packers lay in three.
1: Four. Two African American quarterbacks
2: starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time, fittingly. February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go with the highlights. That never ceases to make me laugh because he's so ridiculous.
1: Well, because of that, I like the Bears. Plus three. Why not, Cap? It's the last game of the regular season. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, last game of the regular season. So the uh, our last football
2: Friday of the 2023 season. Huh? Guess what?
1: Huh? The Bears are winning. They are. And they're covering that three.
2: They're not only covering the three, they're winning the football game. Yes. Get ready. Enjoy your weekend. Make sure you stretch so when you're out of your seat on Sunday about 630.
4: Relief.
1: Yes, sir.
2: It will feel like you have just the day after Thanksgiving cleaned yourself out. That's how good it'll feel. Bears win. Give me the bear.
3: Two <laughs> African American quarterbacks. Somehow, the metaphor he went with was grosser than the one that I thought he was going to oh, go oh with. God. Every guy can bust. <laughs> that was boy. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm also going to go. With, I'm going to go with the Bears as well. I do think they go up to Lambo, and I do think they win. Jordan Love looked great last week against the Vikings, but I think that Flores blitz or nothing defense. The cracks have started to show. You leave a lot of receivers super open. Jordan Love threw the passes. Bears aren't going to do that. I'm going with the beloved.
0: The brother.
4: All right. It's unanimous, and I'm rolling with the Bears as well, so let's wish them luck. You know, but it was at stake, though, Jay Moore, in this game. Anything.
1: Two African-American quarterbacks. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Berman. By the way, can I say happy birthday
2: to someone, please? Sure, sure you can here on WGN. Go ahead. Virginia McCaskey turns 101 today. 101! Do you know how insanely cool that is? 101. Happy birthday, Virginia McCaskey.
1: The question is, does Sister Jean give her a call?
2: They may go clubbing.
1: (laughs) I think so. The 100 100
2: and over club? Hello, Jean. Sure. It's Virginia. What about Tao for dinner this weekend? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Still eating well, even after at that age. Yes. All right. We will hear from the great Courtney Cronin with the latest on the Bears and Packers. That's coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings, 7 to 10.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back, Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Keep your beak out of this. Courtney Cronin. National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. You have
5: to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo.
0: Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storyline.
5: Holes was given the flexibility and the freedom to take this thing down to the ground floor, down to the studs to be able to build it back up.
0: Courtney Cronin with Captain J Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Captain Jay
1: Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app, this time every Friday during the football season. We talk to Courtney Cronin, who covers the Bears like a blanket for ESPN.com, and she's on the hotline.
2: that be the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline.
0: <laughs> rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't
5: worry, really call the Car X name. Good
4: morning,
1: Courtney. How are you?
5: I'm great, guys. It's been a minute.
2: Happy New Year to you. It's great to have you back on here with us. Uh, This is my first foray to Lambeau. You've been there many times. It's going to be a lit environment. What are you expecting in terms of the Bears aren't going anywhere, but it's the Packers. There's a lot at stake, right?
5: Of course. And I know how it's being received right now with what Matt Berflew said, that they're trying to keep it about them. They're not trying to make it about the rivalry. He has to say those things because if you start going full tilt like Dean Campbell and saying that they're going in there with everything to gain by beating the Packers and, you know, blank Green Bay, et cetera, et cetera, then, then you end up making it not about what you are going there to do, which is to get yourself an 8-9 record. But it's very clear that everyone else feels that this rivalry carries a magnitude now where they can finally Start to turn the tide, I mean it would be their first win since two thousand eighteen. We were talking with John Hoke, the cornerback's coach, yesterday, and that idea about it being just another game was presented off the top, and he's like, It's Green Bay. Like he said it just in a very matter of fact way, but it's Green Bay. And of course, that's felt the magnitude of that is felt by a lot of people inside that building. And of course, this one carries so much more in terms of what it would mean to ownership, what it would mean to Potentially some decisions that have to be made early next week, as early as Monday. But it's a big one, and you can see why they put it in that uh, late afternoon time slot because the Packers have everything on the line in terms of the playoffs. And now the Bears playing spoiler to that. Not that isn't just about you know affecting their number one rival throughout the test of time. It's the momentum that you get to carry into the off season, ending things on a high note instead of the way that things ended last year where they were just looking towards the draft.
1: What do you remember, Courtney, about that first game for the Bears and Packers? There was a lot of juice in the building. Bears fans uh, were very excited about this one. What do you remember about the ebb and flow of that game?
5: So I go back to Wednesday of that week, because I remember asking Justin Fields a question about, look, Aaron Rodgers is out of the division, and you can finally start to maybe find some even ground here between yourself jordan love you're drafted around the same time like it doesn't have to feel as one-sided and somebody one of these fans screenshotted his face i don't know exactly which part of the answer it was to my question but he kind of like had this like look like what are you asking me right now lady and it <laughs> makes sense because look at how they started the season like that feeling of whiplash and i think you go back and you can look in hindsight that the expectations for this team to come in and thunder into year 2 of this rebuild what players what coaches what executives were feeling internally was that hey we still got a ways to go and that was certainly reflected and i think the answer that fields gave me that day of you know we're just trying to win a game here it's not a rivalry until you can start evening out the record but also how they came out in that game they gave up 38 points on defense offensively they couldn't get anything going and that feeling of whiplash like what the hell just happened that was what i remember most from that locker room at soldier field following week one because no one knew what to really expect in that game because of jordan love and the new you know all the change that green bay had been dealing with but also where the bears were at this point of the rebuild at the first game of the season and now 17 weeks later it feels like a different team i mean Mike, uh, Dave Borgonzi, their linebackers coach, said it yesterday. This defense feels like a brand new defense from the defense that, you know, took the field and allowed Jordan Love to throw three touchdowns in week one.
2: Okay, so here's my question for you. This is not about the game, so to speak. But I get all these tweets, like this guy, independent thinker just tweeted me, Fields with Matt LaFleur would be a top five, if not a top three quarterback in the NFL. And for the life of me, why is it so effing hard for the Bears and Poles to figure that out? And I I had the the tweet responded to, and I said, stop yourself. No, he would not be. And then I went, I don't need 9,000 Justin Fields fanboys coming (laughs) back at me. Have you ever seen... An athlete in this town who is more divisive and through no fault of his own. He's a great dude. Like, Jay was divisive, Cutler, because he was a jag. Derek Rose, he can't get on the court, he's hurt, he's this, he's that. But this one, I have never, ever in my life seen it where if you give a, a rational opinion, I think Caleb Williams or Drake May or Courtney Cronin would be better at quarterback you get called some of the most vicious things ever. Have
5: you seen it like this? Not in, no. I'll say it for like quarterbacks. Um, when I covered Minnesota, the Kirk fan, Kirk Cousins fan base, those who said he could do no wrong, that it was the offensive coordinator's fault, that it was protection's fault, that it was Dalvin Cook's fault, like all of the excuses that they gave to the quarterback. That still, like, it still felt. Like a pretty divided, you know, you've got a very loud part of the fan base that was anti Kirk, which probably like 40%, and then a 60% of the fans in Minnesota were like, yeah, like, you know, they paid Kirk to get here, like, they haven't had many losing seasons, they've made the playoffs, but they still never got back to the NFC Championship, which was the goal the entire time. But it wasn't as polarizing as it is here. And I know that every time I open my mouth and I say that it feels like a 50-50 divide, I get crucified for it. But what you have to remind yourself is that the majority of the people on Twitter who are making this such a loud argument, like that's that's a small majority of the fan base. Like Not everyone is on social media voicing their opinions. We have people who call into this station who feel one way about it and feel another way about it i don't think you can get a true consensus based on the comments in your twitter feed like that to me is just it's just it's such a it's short-sighted to think that that speaks for everyone what annoys me about the justin field conversation is the people who think it's a slam dunk one way or the other like i respect seth walder he's my colleague at espn he's an analytics guy he had a tweet yesterday that really grinded my gears. I know what it was. He, yep. he felt like you know, a fourth-year quarterback who's never finished higher than 15th in QBR or an elite prospect quarterback prospect on a fresh deal, it's not a hard call. It's barely a choice at all. And then the flip side of that are the people who say, look at Justin Fields. Look at his command of the locker room. Look at how he's performed in these last five, six games. How could you possibly move on? It's a slam dunk that you keep him. It's not a slam dunk either way. If it was then then anybody could literally do the job that ryan Poles is doing and we know it's a like i proclaimed this the other day with waddle 2024 for me is the year of nuance where we can have nuanced conversations about how difficult these decisions are to make and that's why this is such a clouded thing and it, it, it is a conundrum a lot of people have told me that's the wrong word to use when it comes to the quarterback here it's I cannot find an easy path to this. Like every radio show I go go on when they ask me, what would you do? You have to break it into, well, I would do this, but I think the team's going to do this, but you can lean this way. There's so many scenarios to comb through here. So it's, I mean, the next couple months, it's going to get louder. And like the one thing I I keep going back to when I think about universally loved athletes, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong on this, because I've thought on it for like Chicago athletes. I mean, of course, Michael Jordan goes into, you know, falls into that but more recently but still not in the time of of social media wouldn't Sammy Sosa for a while fall into that category too
2: not like this not like the Hoodie, you were okay. around those times now I was around the team I mean I yeah. was doing their shows it, uh, Sammy was divisive to some
1: yes but mm-hmm. his
2: success level was so high 66 yeah. uh, three only guy ever hit 60 or more in three straight year or three different years so he wasn't like Justin, they'll have moments where he looks
1: terrible. Right. Sammy never had that. And, and, the difference, sure. and the difference, Courtney, is the social media era. Now, yeah. m- maybe Sosa would have been that if, if Twitter was around or social media was around, but all you had is comments, you know, to the, uh, letters to the editor or letters to the columnist in the newspaper. Right, that's that's the difference. Right, the infancy of the internet, you know, was was not uh, built in which you can put comments in the below of a a column on ESPN.com or the Athletic, and I think that's the difference. Maybe it would have been that case, but it wasn't that loud roar. It was just sports talk radio and columnists. That was it, and during that time,
5: yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, it would be really interesting to like be able to measure how it would be now, but that's the only one I could think of in terms of the 50-50 split, but, I mean, Sammy had success. Like, Justin's had some, but not to the level of, you know, a franchise-altering player Sammy was, was an part MVP. of the greatest home run race in, in our era. Like, yeah, Sammy
1: yeah. won the MVP. Yes. Yeah. Now, you talk about polarizing. As a White Sox, Sammy definitely was polarizing. He could never hit the cutoff, man. Correct. More from Courtney coming up next as we talk Bears and Packers on the Home of the Bears ESPN 1000. <laughs>
5: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN1000Chicago. Kev and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN
1: Chicago.
0: Courtney Crowley.
1: Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget, we got the Friday folder coming your way at 935. Some things that we might have missed. And also Tracy Butler with the weekend weather in Chicago and Green Bay and everywhere else. Tracy will be with us coming up at 950. Courtney, tell us about, for someone who's never been to Lambeau Field, what that experience is like from finding parking to being able to go into uh, the actual stadium. What's that whole process like?
5: Oh my god! If you want to talk about the parking situation, you need to keep me on for the nine o'clock hour. Um, I'm kidding. Like it's, we're thinking about it. I don't know. It. Like I mean, the, go park in someone's lawn. It's so, it's part of the experience of going to Lambeau Field. And Cap, you said you've never been.
2: I've Did never been. Right? Never been.
5: Okay. Well, Cause I was always Titletown in the studio Brewing,
2: doing the post game, so I
5: never got a chance. Sure, of course. And so this. Is going to be i'm going to give you the itinerary for what you're going to do because you've got the 325 games so you can get up there early you can park in one of the neighborhoods around title town brewing it's all near the stadium it's some 20 30 bucks to park in someone's lot it's easy in, easy out um, and then go to title town go there drink have fun pre-game watch the other games and you go into the stadium. It's cold because those are most places, unless you're sitting in a suite, those are metal bleachers still. So you're going to want to bring a blanket and dress warm. One of the coldest live hits I've ever done was on the field. That becomes a frozen tundra when it gets below, you know, 30 degrees. And it's, but it's it's one of the coolest environments in football. And players you talk to, as you pull them about their favorite places to play, like even opposing players love playing there because it's just, it's football Americana at its finest. And I'm I'm excited to hear your report back and make sure you get some cheese curds because that's, you know, that's quintessential Wisconsin. So two
2: things I have for you. One, we've been talking about Luke Getze. He spoke yesterday, talked about his relationship with Justin, all of that. I do not believe, unless there's some... You know bill walsh disciple that says i i really want to work for matt eberflus i don't care if he's on tenuous ground going into the next season if he's here i don't think you change offensive coordinators if you're bringing eberflus and justin back to ask him to learn another offensive system i've asked enough people that played in the league they're like dude an install is not an easy thing here you don't just it takes go two years exactly you don't just roll out and okay let's try a new system no so I'm bringing him back if the others are coming back. Do you agree?
5: I agree. Like I'm, am, I'm am on. If that's the scenario that they decide they're going to run it back with all with with Eberflus and with Fields, and the missing link there is, is Getzi, You bring Getzi back in that circumstance because you'd be asking Justin to learn his third offense in four years. That takes a lot of time to learn. It takes a year to learn the verbiage alone, and then on top of that, it's the it would be if you break that cycle that's the same old Bears sort of mindset where you've got, you know, over and over and over again, it's the quarterback. And then a year or two later you end up changing the coach or you change the coach and they change the quarterback. If you don't have continuity in between like those three positions over a two to, I would think three year period, then you're just perpetuating the same thing that this organization has done, which it's been trying to get out of for a while. So that means that Eberflus in 2024 and let's say they run all three back. Eber's loose in 2024. It's a must-win year for him. Same thing with Luke Getze. And then for Justin Fields, you know, they would commit to the fifth-year option. There's no way you bring him back if you don't do that. Um, but you'd also probably be talking extension in this offseason. You don't want to get to the point where you're one foot in, one foot out if you bring him back for 2024. Like, you've got to already be thinking, okay, what we do in the draft— all around Justin, like this has to be the guy that we're willing to commit 300 million plus to. And that's a hard decision to know right now when it still feels like it's an incomplete grade on what you've seen. But in that scenario, you've got to be thinking, okay, I don't want to, you can't bring another quarterback in because that would, again, mess up the timeline of, you know, is is going to be here beyond 2024? You'd be you'd be doing the same thing over again, the same thing that they did with the last coaching staff and last you know decision, uh, the front office. So, I I'm with you, Cap. I think that's if they go that route, then it's the it's the same group of, at those three positions for 2024.
1: Courtney, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the show.
5: I still have. I'm just going to. I'll end with this. I have a deer path in 10.0 hoodie that i have to give you it's been sitting in my car for i don't know five months since you said that like you lost someone took your deer path in pen yes so i i stole one the last time i was there which was september i stole one Damn. from from the uh the you know the check after they give it to you i took that pen so this is a capital offense and it's been sitting in my car and i noticed it this morning i'm like i'm gonna tell him this because every time i look at it i remember god i gotta give it to him so next time i see you in studio, you're getting your Deer Path in pen.
4: Oh, you know
1: what? It's so cool. Courtney steals for me. Ooh. How about that? She steals for me. I love that. I hope
5: there's oh. nobody listening from CPD right now.
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Thank you very much for the pen. I'll see you in late in uh, at, uh, Green Bay.
5: Sounds good. Bye, guys.
1: See ya. It is Courtney Cronin with us on the hotline. Tire, uh, Car X Tire and Auto Hotline.
2: Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, 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 brother. Don't
1: are you expecting a win on Sunday? Do you believe a win or a loss changes the Bears' decisions this offseason? Something that Courtney just mentioned to us just moments ago, we have to discuss as well regarding Justin Fields' future. That's in two minutes on and Jay Hood.